1: Well, the Mets
2: have hit the one third mark in baseball, 54 games into a 162 game schedule. Everybody else in baseball has played more than 54 games. The Mets have a lot of games to make up, but they're at the 54 game mark, six over 500 at 30 and 24. They have a three and a half game lead in the National League East. They're just coming back from a five and four road trip, a three city, 10 day, nine game trip. And anytime, it doesn't matter who you play. They played Arizona and Baltimore and in between San Diego. One tough team, two softies. But anytime, as I said, you go through a three city, 10 day trip and play nine games, you come back over 500. That is a good trip. They probably should have won all three in Arizona. They come out of there winning two of three. They were shut down by Hugh Darvish and Blake Snell in San Diego. But then they got back-to-back wins Saturday and Sunday behind Jacob deGrom and Marcus Stroman. Then lost uh, in Baltimore on Tuesday, but then bounced back with just a route, a 14-1 route of the Orioles in the Wednesday game. Six home runs hit by the Mets in that game. That's a good trip. At five and four, and it puts you six over five hundred. As mentioned, three and a half game lead. Everyone else in the division has problems. The Mets have problems too. They have a lot of injuries, and then they have to wait to get a lot of guys back. And we've been waiting a long time for McNeil, Conforto, Nimo, Carrasco, Syndergaard. Will we ever see those guys? Probably eventually, but not 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 any not any time soon. You'll see Luis Giorme before you see anybody at this point in time. But Atlanta has problems. They had a great starting rotation last year and uh, or didn't have a starting, great starting rotation last year but had a great bullpen. This year, starting rotation has been okay. The bullpen has been much worse. That's hurting them. Philadelphia has defensive problems amongst other problems. Washington can't hit with runners in scoring position. The Marlins... They have a tendency to have leads in games, but they can't hold those leads, partially bullpen, partially because they can't score runs as well. They're kind of anemic offensively because they've had a lot of injuries. So everybody has problems in the division. So do the Mets, but they sit with a six game, uh, six games over 500 and a three and a half game lead. They're sitting in a very good position right now, especially after this road trip. So let's take a look at some of the reasons why, and then we'll get to what lies ahead for the Mets, and uh, it's not easy, to say the least. Well, we have to start with Jacob deGrom, because you always start with Jacob deGrom. He's the best pitcher in baseball. It's not even arguable anymore. A 0.62 ERA, 0.62. Think about that. That is the lowest ERA uh, through nine starts ever in baseball. He has a 0.62. 5-7 whip, walks and hits per innings pitched. And that is the lowest whip through nine starts since at least 1901. Not 2001, 1901. That's a long, long time ago. He also has 93 strikeouts through nine starts. And when you combine that and the ERA at 0.62, that is the best ever since earned run average became official. I think that puts him in pretty unique territory, like all by himself. You want a few more? How about uh, FIP? Fielding Independent Pitching? He leads the major leagues in FIP at 1.03, and he leads uh, all pitchers in war, wins against replacement, 3.2, war thus far for Jacob deGrom that he's right up, and he leads all pitchers in baseball with that. It's not just DeGrom either. If DeGrom has won, and he certainly is, probably 1A right now is Taiwan Walker. Walker has been terrific for the Mets. He got the win on Wednesday, going to 5-2. and two. He has an ERA of 2.07, which is terrific. He's allowed just two home runs in his 61 innings of pitching thus far. And the Mets have won nine of his 11 starts, all five of them at City Field. And he'll get another one here in, what, well, at least five or six days. They had an off day Thursday, so sometime early next week he'll get his next start. Mets have won all five of his starts at City Field and has mentioned nine of 11 thus far. When you go back uh, to 2020, Walker started the season in Seattle. Then he was traded by the Mariners to the Toronto Blue Jays. And if you take his six starts in Toronto with the Blue Jays and the 11 that he has posted thus far with the Mets, his ERA is 1.85. So that's terrific pitching. He finished the year great last year, and he's picked it up right where he left off. And he's been the 1A to, uh, to DeGrom's 1. There's no question about that. You want to throw Marcus Stroman in as a 2? Yeah, listen, Strowman uh, is supposed to be maybe the third guy, or that's what was, everyone thought at the beginning of the season. Everyone figured it would be De- DeGrom, Carrasco, then maybe Strowman and Walker. Well, Walker has elevated his game to move past that, but Strowman not that far behind. Strowman, the record 5-4 and four, doesn't look that great, but a 2.41 ERA. And overall, the starters have the best ERA in all of baseball at 2.89. And listen, when you have a guy at the top with 0.62 you might expect that but the other guys have fallen in as well too David Peterson certainly has had taken his lumps had his ups and downs Joey Lucchese you know has been so-so at times has shown some flashes but those three guys in particular and in particular the top two DeGrom and Walker have absolutely steered this ship and been terrific thus far Take a look at some of the offensive guys. How about James McCann? You know, everyone was down on James McCann signing the big contract. Didn't get off to a great start. He had just one home run in his first 33 games. He has now hit five in his last 13. Last 10 games for McCann, he's hitting 368, four doubles four home runs, and 12 RBIs, and his OPS is over one. So McCann has really picked it up offensively and been a big stick in the middle of that lineup right now, and he's also played a pretty good first base when asked to do so. When Tomas Nido was shifted behind the plate, Mets really needed offense when everyone was banged up, and McCann went to first, played well at first, and also hit. So McCann, you give him uh, big props at this point in time. Pete Alonzo. Alonzo was in a 4-for-34 funk uh, just before he went on the injured list. He had a sprained right hand, but he was uh, just 4 for his last 34 before going on the injured list. Since coming off the injured list, here's what he's done. Eight games since he has returned from the I.L. He sat out one of them, hitting 3.71, four home runs. He's had three in the last two games, 12 RBIs, and he scored nine runs. Now, Pete also made some news, too, by talking about Major League Baseball manipulating the baseballs year in, year out, depending on who the free agent class is. Now, you can believe that or not, and he didn't have, you know, many facts to back that up. And, you know, Pete, listen, used the argument that back in 2019, uh, there were free agent pitchers galore, so they had a lively ball. The offense was... You know, up that year, home runs were up that year. They wanted to hold down the salaries of the pitchers that were going to be free agents, the big pitchers, and there were several of them that year. That was Alonzo's theory, and his theory theory this year where they've deadened the baseball. Well, you have a big free agent class of shortstops coming up. You also have some other position players that are going to put up numbers, so you want to deaden or lessen those numbers. That's why Major League Baseball decided to deaden the ball this year. I'm not sure I agree from one vantage point. Listen, anything is possible, and uh, is it beyond or above Major League Baseball to do something like that? Of course it isn't you know, they they can easily do that. I just don't see anybody smart enough in Major League Baseball to do it. I haven't seen that from the commissioner or anybody running this game over the last, you know, four or five years. But is it possible? Yeah, it is possible. It's a nice theory to throw out there. Maybe Pete has something to it, but he spent some time on that uh, just the other day. And you now listen, we'll uh, we'll see if it all bears fruit. Uh, we're going to hear a lot about slicking up baseballs right now, and pine tar, and stick them, and all that kind of stuff. And umpires are going to do a lot of checking over the next month or so in baseball to kind of curb that and deter it. So we'll see a lot more of that. But interesting theory, anyway, coming from Pete. Now we get to the bench mob, and when you say bench mob, you probably think, you know, Jose Paraza, Jonathan VR. Well. Those two guys in the bench mob have become regulars. VR has regularly played third base. Barraza has been a fixture at second base in McNeil's absence, and both of them have played great. So they've graduated from the bench mob to become regulars on this team and contribute a lot to this team. So you have to look at other guys. So how about Kevin Pillar? Pillar has absolutely been tremendous. 36 games. He's hit four home runs, three doubles, And uh, one, I think one triple as well. Yeah, we'll throw a triple in there for him. 13 RBIs for Pilar. Started slow, but has really come on. This is a guy who was hit in the face on May the 17th. And two weeks later, he's back in the lineup on May 31st. Multiple nasal fractures. Uh, A lot of guys would be out much longer than that. At least a month, if not more. This guy has such great intrinsic value to this team. Everyone admires him. He's a gamer, uh, a gutsy guy. He's a great teammate. Uh, he's a guy to listen. Uh, you want on your team. I know no one's going to remember this, but back in the off season, my idea for fixing the Mets was, number one, sign the best free agent available, and I thought that was JT Realmuto. Uh, I thought he was the best player by far, not only the best catcher, but, and that's nothing against James McCann. I understand why the Mets went for McCann. They had to fill that need and they were worried that Real Muto would take a long time. I get it. But my plan was to sign JT Real Muto behind the plate and forget about George Springer in center field, sign Kevin Pilar. You know, Pilar was not going to put up the numbers that George Springer may in Toronto. We don't know. He's been injured most of the season, so that certainly worked out for the Mets. But Pilar is a guy you can stick out there in center field, not worry about the defense. I know that Albert Almora Jr., probably they prefer to play him in center when healthy over Pilar, But Kevin Pilar to me, is a gamer, a gutsy guy. And he's a guy, a great teammate. He's always had that reputation wherever he's played, and he always brings it night in, night out. So that was my plan. I don't know if anybody remembers it. They probably don't. It doesn't really matter. Now, Pilar is here. Real Muto isn't. And we'll have to see how it all works out. But I think McCann has worked out pretty well so far, and the pitching staff loves him. And Pilar certainly has been worth his weight in goal. The other guy is a guy that probably no one expected to see here. He was a Yankee at one time. Toronto, Milwaukee, Billy McKinney. He was acquired May 25th from the Brewers, who put him on waivers. And he's been here two and a half weeks. And here's what he's done. In just 12 games, he's 11 for 40. And he has the same numbers as Pilar: Four home runs, three doubles, and a triple. 11 RBIs thus far. Eight of his 11 hits thus far have been for extra bases. He's got tremendous pop in his bat uh you know, pulls the ball, can go the other way, plays very good defense out in right field. Billy McKinney has been a breath of fresh air and has really brought a lot to this team. And he's, to me anyway, at the top of the list for guys who you have to find a place for when everybody gets back healthy. You know, keep in mind, they don't have a room for a lot of these guys, you know, like McKinney and others who have stepped up time and time again for this team in the, you know, in the, Short distance, but McKinney is a guy you have to find a spot for in this team, I think anyway. Uh, you 've got to find a place for him, so I don't know exactly what's going to happen, but we'll find out when everybody gets healthy, and they have to squeeze everybody into this lineup. But that's the way it looks right now. Those two guys certainly have uh, been the stars of the bench mob uh, so far, and you know hopefully that continues for a while as the Mets hit a stretch here where they 're really going to need it. Now comes the hard part. And what I mean by that is they they've played 54 games, one-third of the season. They're well behind other clubs as well in games. And this is where you start catching up. Starting Friday, the Mets have one day off, one day off before the All-Star break. The All-Star break begins on July the 12th. So they have one day off between now and then. And that will come on next Thursday. That will come on Thursday the 24th of June actually it'll be a couple of Thursdays away Thursday June 24th they have 33 games in 31 days think about that 33 games in 31 days until the all-star break that will begin on July the 12th that's a lot of action and that's a lot of pitching that's a lot of bodies that's a lot of bullpen so it's going to be a war of attrition for the Mets they have three double headers They have Washington on June 19th. They have the Atlanta Braves on June 21st, two days later. And then four days later, they have two with the Philadelphia Phillies. So they have three doubleheaders in seven days, nine games in seven days. That's an awful lot of work. And uh, it's going to require an awful lot of manpower as well. So we'll see exactly how they fare. But the hard part definitely begins. In addition to that, eventually they will have a suspended game that they have to make up on August 31st. That's against Miami. That's Marcus Stroman's game that he didn't want to start, and they pitched a third of an inning, and that was that. And they also have uh, another doubleheader against the Nationals that will come on September 4th, right before Labor Day. So they have other games as well to make up. But think about that, 33 games in 31 days, and hopefully they can manage to get through this, but... It's going to take a lot, and it's going to tire a lot of guys out. And that's why you need a lot of guys right now, and that's why you're going to sit different guys during times. And, you know, a guy may have a three-hit night. He may be sitting the next day, and people are going to say, hey, why are you doing that? Well, when you have 33 games in 31 days, that's what you have to do. And Luis Rojas has done a great job of, you know, giving guys rest, um, managing this team, uh, keeping an even-keeled demeanor. He's really helped an awful lot in building this Six-game over 500 cushion that the Mets have right now in the three-and-a-half-game lead that they enjoy. Uh, one thing that, you know, this guy won't be here this year, but I wanted to mention about Brett Beatty, who has been terrific thus far in the minor leagues down in Brooklyn. Five home runs in his last eight games, Beatty is hitting three sixty seven on the season and an OPS over one, 1.090. Beatty is the real deal. Third baseman uh, got a lot of pop, and he has certainly acclimated himself. Now, he's got a long climb to go. Like I said, he's not going to be here this year. But nice to see Brett Beatty get off to a good start. And there are many other minor leaguers, too, that have gotten off to good starts as well. Uh, Mauricio and others, they've had some, obviously, uh, with Matt Allen, the unfortunate uh, thing with him, and Pete Crow Armstrong, obviously, going down to injuries. But uh, they've had a lot of minor leaguers that have stepped up. Probably not going to see a lot of these guys for a while, but eventually they may become a a bench mob in the future and and maybe regulars as well, too. But Beatty off to a good start. That'll wrap things up. We'll uh, get back with another Mets podcast soon. Enjoy the baseball, folks. There'll be a lot of it coming your way very shortly.
1: You could spend the weekend doing the same old whatever, or you could conquer the weekend in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe.
0: Visit HyundaiUSA.com for more details. Hyundai, there's joy in every journey. This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on What's in Your Podcast queue. And guess what?